0: Timeless Voyager Radio,
1: self-development radio for the open mind, interviews with leading edge authors and speakers, psychic phenomena and the unexplained, UFOs, extraterrestrial encounters, government cover-ups, alternative healthcare, new technologies. And now, Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager Radio. I have two gentlemen on with me this evening. I hope I pronounced their names correctly. Uh, Dr. Zahi Hawass, who is the general director of the Great Pyramids, and Fadel Gad, who is an Egyptologist and lecturer. Uh, the two of them are going to reveal some very interesting information about the Great Pyramid, and uh, let's just start moving forward. Okay, what do we have here? Hello? Yes. Uh, who am I speaking to right now? This is Fadel Gad. All right. Fadl Gad and uh, Dr. Zahi Hawass. Are you there? Yes. Oh, great. Maybe we can get a better level on your voice. Can you speak up a little bit? Uh, like,
2: say what?
1: That's pretty good. Just talk nice and loudly. Okay. All right. Uh, Dr. Hawass, uh, let me ask you a quick question here. Now, you are the director of the Great Pyramids. What does that mean? I own the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> you own the pyramid? <laughs> <laughs> means <laughs> means that uh,
2: I, uh, I'm i in charge of the pyramids. I'm in charge of the excavation. But you I'm,
1: don't actually own the pyramids, do you? I'm just joking. Okay, good. No one can own the pyramids. Well, you know, we never know. In the United States, there are a lot of people that own a lot of <laughs> things out here. and I was not really surprised. Yeah. Okay, so you then take... I,
2: uh, I'm just doing the restoration of the pyramids and the things and the excavations and... Uh, Making discoveries around the Sphinx. I take care of
0: the pyramids
1: and many right. things. Okay, so that's the first one. Uh, Fadal God. Fadal, F A D E L, God. Well,
0: oh, I'm God, not God. I'm working to be a God, <laughs> but I'm not God yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a great start. Okay. Fadal God. <laughs> Egyptologist. What is an Egyptologist?
0: Well, I've been involved in uh, excavations, also in uh, what in the and uh, in Fustat and in other sites of, uh, different sites of Egypt.
1: What were, the, what were the other two besides the, I missed?
0: Uh, I excavated in one in the throne, that is area near Alexandria.
1: Okay. That's where, uh, that's where, who was that? Uh, Alexander the Great, was he? N-
0: well, not Alexander the Great. Alexandria is the city.
1: But wasn't there, wasn't, uh, isn't there a, a uh, well, I, I probably don't know what I'm talking about, actually, but I had heard someone's bones were... Uh, Supposedly buried out there in Alexandria, a very famous uh, person in history? Yes, Alexander the Great. Oh, it was? Oh, good. (laughs) All right, boy. There's a
2: story that uh, recently published in the paper that a lady from uh, Greece is excavating in a site called Siwa, away from Alexandria. Mm -hmm. And she claimed that she found Alexander the Great tomb
1: there. Right, that's what I was talking about. All right, now. uh, but that was you, uh, Dr. Hawass, right? I'm getting to learn your voices. Yes. Uh, so now an Egyptologist uh, basically <coughs> oversees, or what? Some excavation work, or what?
2: Do you mean... Uh,
1: what does an Egyptologist... I know you explained it to me, but I'm still not yes. clear on it. An,
2: an Egyptologist means somebody who study Egyptian archaeology and okay. history of Egypt and uh, language of the ancient Egyptians and uh, knows about Egypt.
1: Dr. Hawass, you have some announcements that you want to make about the pyramid.
2: Yes, I, you know, I just came from uh, Egypt about two hours ago. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, the first important thing that I would like to say is about the Sphinx. Uh, you know, we are restoring the Sphinx right now. And in the north side of the Sphinx, there is a secret passage that has been never opened before. And we knew about this passage from an old photograph that we found recently showing a man, and this photograph dated back about uh, 75 years ago. And it shows a man inside the sink. Then we are going next month to open this passage and to try to reveal uh, anything in this passage the purpose really that we're opening is to find out, to take some samples from the interior of the Sphinx to find out about the deterioration of the Sphinx.
1: So you're going to go inside to find out? I mean, you've never been in this part of it.
2: we, we, We did find a passage before, about five years ago, in the tail of the Sphinx. And we opened that passage, and we found that this passage was going inside the Sphinx about 27 feet inside the whole part of the Sphinx. We did not really find anything in that passage. We just found an old shoes in it. There may be someone entered this passage before us.
1: In other words, somebody might have taken stuff out of it. Maybe, but the
2: second one has never been opened before, and this is exactly in the middle of the north side of the thing.
1: Now, was the so? But but the passageway has been known. It's just that it's never been opened.
2: No, it's. No, no one knows really about it. I just found about truth. Oh, okay. The truth.
1: I was going to say, one. how can anybody wait this long to open it up? Yeah,
2: throw an, an old photograph.
1: How do you know someone isn't opening it right now while you're here in the States? <laughs> no one. I
2: just came two hours ago and they am there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um.
2: This is one of, one of the things that we are doing now. The second important uh, discovery that we are working in it right now, that we found, you know, there is many people believe that the pyramids were built by people came from out of the space and there is many theories about that but we came through a a very important discovery we found the tombs of the workmen the missions who built the pyramids and uh, these tombs have been found just near the thing. and uh, we found until now over uh, 900 tombs, and this is the first time that you know something about the poor Egyptians who built the pyramids. You know, you have now. Wait, ideas. wait, wait.
1: How did you? How did you uh, come up with the point that they built it just because they're buried there?
2: Because we we, we found titles of people in their tombs. All the tombs were made of mud brick, and inside the tombs we found uh, names of people, and they, their jobs were described. Like you have tomb of someone who is the overseer of the craftsman, and the tomb of someone who was an in inspector of uh, making tombs, and is a uh, director of building pyramids. Then all we found at least maybe 25 titles of people who were connecting and building
0: the pyramids.
1: Uh, Bruce. Yeah, uh, I'm right here. Uh, go Dr. ahead. was uh, a question. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Uh, I want to ask him. Did you find any one of those workers that has a title that is related and directed directly to being a worker who built or was working in the Great Pyramid? Because there are many pyramids in Egypt. We have about 96 pyramids in Egypt so far has been found. Is any one of those titles that he's talking about leading a direct relation between the who owns the tomb and the great pyramid the great pyramid not just the pyramid
2: yes you know there is there is no doubt uh, about uh, the the titles there is no there is no title of someone saying I built the great pyramid because this pyramid was not known as the great pyramid it is a pyramid like other pyramids then the the title that's saying someone is an inspector of building pyramids Director of building pyramids. In all the titles of the people who just lived, were buried nearby the pyramid, and they are dated through the artifacts like Putri and others to the time of Khufu, who is the builder of the Great Pyramid. And we found around the pyramids, you know, all this graffiti of the names of the gangs.
1: Well, you know, now, now, I like I like the idea, but you know, if you go down and look at any one of the major bridges or arteries in Los Angeles, you'll find lots of bodies of people there, and you'll also find lots of information written on the walls. But they did not necessarily build the bridges.
0: Exactly,
2: but but <laughs> in the same time that those people just live, were buried beside the pyramid, and the, we found the victory that, you know, the, the government made for them a bakery to feed them uh, by giving them bread and beer and uh, all these kind of things. And we had an idea about those
1: Bread tombs. and beer?
2: Yes, there was, uh, beside the tombs, we found the first uh, bakery ever, uh, ever found in Egypt for this workman, because the workmen always eat uh, bread and they drink beer.
1: Dr. Hawass, why don't you tell us now about the discovery of the, of the capstone?
2: Yes, we... How do you know about that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the the guy who's who's opening up the shaft right now while you're here <laughs> told me...
2: You know, this... Uh, last year, I found uh, a small pyramid just near, near the Great Pyramid of Khufu. And this pyramid, the superstructure, has about nine feet high. The substructure has... Uh, the burial chamber and the entrance of the pyramid. The, about a month ago, by accident, around this pyramid there was many stones thrown away, and I never uh, noticed that in this blocks that thrown beside the pyramid, that the capstone is thrown there. Then we found, just by accident, was we were restoring this pyramid, and we found this capstone. It is the second oldest capstone or per ever found in egypt but the most now how, how
1: big is this thing
2: it's like uh, you say uh one meter high
1: so it's about three 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 feet three feet uh-huh.
2: and it has a shape of a pyramid but very small and that is the last thing that they put it in the top of the pyramid
1: so this thing is probably worth a lot of money it's <laughs> not, not just because it was p- supposedly the, the, the capstone, but I mean because it's covered in white gold?
2: No, that's the other thing. that When I discovered that capstone, same time we discovered some blocks that have scenes of people dragging a premedian, and it's written hieroglyphic that the premedian were cased with uh, white gold, which is electrum. And those people, the, the king is in front of those people who are dragging the pyramid. And after that, we have a scene of people dancing and happy, which we found out that the Pyramidion or the capstone was the last architecture component that they put above the pyramid. They finished building the pyramid. Right. And after that, the whole country will be in joy. People will be dancing, because the pyramid is a national project. The king should build, and the whole country should be united to build this pyramid for the king. Therefore, putting the pyramid or the capstone on the top of the pyramid, and case it was w- with white gold, means
0: that the pyramid was finished.
1: All right, now, uh, Fadal ga- God. Yeah,
0: I like <laughs> when you call me God.
1: God. Well, you know, it's so hard.
0: (laughs) You know, Gad is one of the lost tribes of uh, Israel.
1: I want to ask you a question. Are you familiar with the work of Anthony John West, or John Anthony West, I mean? Yes, I am. Uh, What do you, I mean, he says basically that he thinks the Sphinx is is much older than the 5,000 years that that most uh, Egyptologists currently believe. What do you think?
0: Well, there's a lot of uh, interesting comments about uh, John Anthony West, but it's not only John Anthony West that said that the uh, Sphinx is uh, prehistoric. It's also Petri who is very uh, well respected uh, scholar and one of actually the founders of Egyptology who stated that the great pyramid, uh, the the Sphinx is a prehistoric monument that goes back probably to 5000 BC or more. He said this is
2: a kind of flood affected in the Sphinx body. There is no proof at the things is dated back to ten thousand years old. The evidence that we do have as Egyptologists, such as number one, what John Anton is saying that this is uh, water. It is from erosion, from the wind. We gave him a permission to work for three days around the Sphinx. He came with someone. His name Shock from Boston University. After three days. They made this film, and all the film doesn't say any evidence to prove that the Sphinx is dated back to 10,000 years old.
0: I agree with Dr. Hawass on that point. There's a lot of misleading uh, statements in that movie, especially when they use the uh, computer simulation to date the uh, Sphinx to uh, prehistoric, and uh, it's unlogic to see how the sphinx located between the two pyramids and the plateau around it and where the stone were taken from. So there's a lot of misleading statements in that movie, and I agree with Dr. Hawass about that.
1: All right, let's take a call from John Clearwater, Florida. Welcome to the show, John.
0: Is there any evidence that the pyramids
2: have anything to do with with, uh, prophecy, such as, say, biblical prophecy and pyramid prophecy? Is that something that can be proven? No, at all. The, the, because the Great Pyramid of Khufu is, it has many uh, uh, important evidence for the angle, for the four facets, uh, exactly, and many other uh, important scientists that the ancient Egyptians made. This is why people have many theories about it. But the, all the evidence that we have through our work and through the excavations prove that the Great Pyramid is just a tomb, a tomb for the king. And I was lecturing today, and I showed in my lecture uh, some of the inscriptions that has been found inside the pyramid itself. And the pe- people here in the United States, they look at the pyramid itself, but they never understand what's around the pyramid. From inscriptions talking about building the pyramids from the tombs that we found, from all the evidence that prove that the pyramid is just a tomb for the king. Okay. It doesn't really have anything else, uh, 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 but all what hear
1: is it, it. all right John thanks for your call we appreciate it uh, well you know now now uh, <laughs> I get the idea that you're very very proud of the fact that these people built the pyramid uh, but then but then comes the old question you know how did they cut this this stone in the first place
2: you know cutting the stones you know I was just uh, uh, because
1: I mean right now with with uh, unless I'm mistaken yes. I keep hearing that with the technology we have now we you know, still that, would not know, be I able to
2: I was just saying today that we found a tomb in a place called Saqqara. And Saqqara is like a uh, mile to the south of, the, of, of Giza. And it has the oldest pyramid, which is the pyramid of Zoser. And I found just a tomb, a recent tomb there. And in this tomb, there is a shaft going down about 60 feet, cut in the rock. Inside this shaft, there is a sarcophagus, the coffin of the son of the king and this coffin is 60 tons inside this coffin we found a mummy i needed to make an x-ray for the mummy four men took the lid up only four men they took the lid they raised the lid of the certificate up for us to take the 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 x-ray photograph what i want to say that even nowadays if you saw the people who are working for me uh sixty six tons of uh, stones by using sledges. That they put the stone above the sledges and they move it. This is number one, cutting the stones, they cut in the quarry, they made a square and they cut around the four squares and they put wood in that and above the wood they put water.
1: Alright, I That's heard this big, one. Okay. Uh, you that you can take I don't out. know. Okay. I I okay, fine. Um uh Fadal Gad, what do you think?
0: Well, uh, what really amazes me is the accuracy of the Great Pyramid in terms of the angles and the alignments. And it's not only the building on the planet that has the accurate alignments. The uh, Stonehenge, for example, in London, has the same default. You know, the pyramid is, al- is aligned to the true north with within about five minutes, which is one twelfth of a degree, and the only. Uh, Building um, the other building that shares the same default is the Stonehenge in London, and if we know that the Stonehenge in London is built as an observatory monument for uh, measuring the uh, the the sun and the the equinox, and if we know, for example, and that is also recorded uh, by a very uh, known uh, scholars such as Mark Lehner, that the uh, sphinx and the pyramids align to the fall equinox and the spring equinox, which means that this sphinx divides the solar year into two halves. So this is not just a funeral place. This is a place that has to do with the the phenomena of uh, the solar year, that you can divide the solar year into exactly two halves. From the side of the Sphinx and the Great Pyramid, so the the, the zero timeline should not be Greenwich in England, but should be in Giza.
1: Now, you you actually you actually believe that uh, that the Egyptian temples uh, were established as part of an initiation uh, journey?
0: Uh, absolutely, and we have some evidence from archaeological evidence, and we have also. Uh, the, uh, the mythology that give us an idea about what, what is the purpose of these temples.
1: Now, the, now this initiation uh, would be for uh, healing, balance, harmony, so on and so forth?
0: Well, here, here is the, the, the Egyptian view of the Nile itself. The Nile itself is the backbone of Osiris. And Osiris is the god of life, the god of fertility, the god who brings life to Egypt. Egypt is desert. If you're looking at the Nile, only source of life, and that's how the Egyptians in ancient times viewed the Nile to be a god, and that was Osiris. The Nile River itself, the water itself, the life itself in that comes from the Nile is the, the spinal cord of god Osiris. So the Nile represented that spinal cord of the, of, of the earth.
1: All right. Uh, Bruce Stephen Holmes, Timeless Voyager Radio is the show. Um, I know that, that, uh, that uh, usually we take lots of calls, but we're just trying to really get some important information out. My guests are uh, both Dr. Zahi Hawass and Fadel Gad. We are talking about the pyramids, so we're talking about the Sphinx. Um, Mr. Gad, what is a secret ceremony and, and why are they practiced?
0: Well, uh first of all, as we mentioned, that the Nile represents the backbone or the the spinal cord of, of God Osiris. So those temples must have been intentionally located on sort of like acupuncture points that represents aquapuncture acupuncture points in the in the human body. So if you're looking at the Nile's spinal cord, then each temple has a special function to do with a certain frequency or certain energy. For example, if we take the the temple of uh, Elephantine in Aswan, and that is would be the base, uh, what you call in the the American Indians, the chakra system, for example. If you're taking, if you're looking at the, the 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 denial map, then the spinal point or the spine, the base of the spinal will be the city of Aswan. And let's look at the, the God who was known there to, to see how I relate that to the Egyptian uh, mythology. The God who is known there is Khnum, and that's spelled K-H-N-U-M. And Khnum is known to be the creator of the physical body. We see him in the Egyptian art standing in front of a potter's wheel, shaping or molding an infant on a buttery's wheel. So Khnum is known to be the creator of the physical body and this, the temple of Elephantine here represents that physical creation. It is known also that the Elephantine Island in Aswan is the place where the Nile actually was born according to the Egyptian legend. The Nile River was born on the Elephantine Island. So this is the first chakra or that's that the first point for the first acupuncture point on the spinal cord and notice that Khnum also here the ram-headed god related to Aries for example who is the ram who is represents the head of the zodiac signs you see what i mean so if if elephantine island here represents the first chakra and Khnum represents or the hometown of Khnum the the ram-headed god so this is where the awareness of the physical body has been learned by those uh, initiates, and, and the temple of uh, Elephantine in in Aswan.
1: Right. Now That's I, I know the... I know to jump away from this is not fair, but but we you know we we really are constrained by time, and I do want to ask uh, Dr. Hawass uh, one important question, and that is, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the mysterious door in the shaft in the queen's chamber? Because I don't think we we hit on that at all.
2: Yes, this is. Uh, this is, has been found last year that uh, we were cleaning uh, or trying to stop the humidity in the pyramid, and we hired this company from uh, Germany to uh, stop this humidity in the pyramid because, you know, everyone who enters inside the pyramid gives about uh, five grams of water in the pyramid, and this caused the humidity. Then there is shafts in the pyramid from the king chamber up there, from the so-called queen chamber, and the shaft from the queen's chamber, we know that goes only for about 15 feet and stop. Put this robot about maybe 10 centimeters, the size of the robot.
1: Now, now this is because the shaft is too small to walk through, right?
2: Yes. The, the shaft is, all of it is 20 per 20 centimeter only.
1: This is a tiny shaft.
2: It is very tiny. And from the king's chamber, it goes from the chamber up.
1: What was this, like a little little peephole or something, or...?
2: Yeah, it's, it's another corridor for the soul of the king to go oh, through, I to join the stars or to take this boat outside for the trip of the day and the trip of the night.
1: All right, so you put so, a robot through there.
2: Yes, then we put the robot, and in the hand of the robot, there is a camera connected with a TV in the chamber of the Queen's Chamber. And this was actually the first time, really, that we see the interview never saw the interior of the pyramid before then we we, we saw many evidence like uh the 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 robot was walking inside and it go it went inside for 65 meters inside the body of the of the great pyramid and it was stopped in front of a door small door with two copper handles
1: this sounds like something like Alice in Wonderland or something
2: designing a small robot, about one centimeter, that will take a camera in his hand and go behind the door and take a photograph.
1: Wait a minute. Did you say one centimeter?
2: There is two centimeters.
0: It's like like a crack. An open area. Oh, okay.
1: And they're going to make it.
2: there. And from this crack, we were designing a small robot, one centimeter, to go behind it. Because no one really knows what's behind this. Some Egyptologists believe it's not a door; it's just a block of stone. Others believe there maybe there is something behind it because we know from the reign of Khufu that he wrote a a book to the Egyptians, only king that he wrote a book to the Egyptians. Then some Egyptologists believe that maybe behind this door, the book that Khufu or Cheops wrote to the Egyptians. But the truth will be known when we start the operation, which I hope.
1: Egyptian Mysteries, that's what we kind of talked about this evening. Basically, the uh, story about the uh, Great Pyramid of Giza and the Sphinx. Some very interesting information. My guests, Dr. Zahi Hawass and Fadl Gad, Egyptologist. And Dr. Hawass is the director of the Great Pyramids. Um, we only have about um, two minutes here. I don't know what your... Per, uh, positions here are, but but I guess, uh, Dr. Hawass, you, you now are telling us that the pyramids were built by ordinary mortals?
0: Yeah, let, let me tell you first, uh, Bruce, Dr. Hawass is here for a symposium, the first of its kind, and we're doing this symposium at the uh, Philosophical Research Society in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, the purpose of that symposium is to discuss... Uh, the two points of view that uh, Dr. Hawass represents that point of view, and uh, you've heard me talking about the pyramids or the Egyptian temples from a different point of view. Okay. So that will be the first kind symposium, uh, the first uh, of its kind in Los Angeles. And it will be at the Philosophical Research. Now, do you
1: plan to travel around the rest of the United States at all?
0: Uh, uh, I, I did uh, do that last
2: October, but I'm going to do that uh, in June. In June. Here. But I came only for the symposium on Saturday, and I'm going back on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, but uh, b- traveling, this will be in June. I will be traveling to about 10 cities talking about the discoveries. Uh,
1: which Which cities? Do you know?
2: I'm I'm going to be in uh, Boston, and I'm going to be in Denver, uh, Colorado. I'm going to be in, uh, in uh, New Orleans. I'm going to be in uh, L.A. again. I'm going to be in uh, Philadelphia, and Washington D.C., and Memphis Tennessee, and
1: uh, uh, some other sit- Okay, well we're running out of time here. Basically uh, the bottom line here is that there is a lot more interesting information than coming from these pyramids, right Dr. Hawass?
2: Yes, of course. There is uh, almost every day
0: we have something in
1: you. Alright, Mr. No, Gad, tell me uh, real quickly, uh, what will you be working on now?
0: Well, I'm teaching now at the Philosophical Research Society about uh, Egypt and the metaphysical aspects of the Egyptian art and the gods and goddesses of Egypt and what they uh, really mean and what they represent.
1: All right, folks. Uh, listen, thank you very much, both of you gentlemen. I hope that you'll come back on the, on the show and perhaps give us all of the answers, uh, Dr. Hawass. And the rest of you, thank you very much for listening to Timeless Voyager Radio.